To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. So the first time we did a shot for Megatron was the, the time when John got really drunk and we had to order Which like, one? um, maybe two months ago, we ordered the really big pizza. Oh, yeah. And then I know we did it again. We like redid it the next time we recorded and maybe it got cut or something like that. So future John, do does not he, cut. Does future, does future John cut the surprise shot segment? He may have accidentally done. Well, the one time we just didn't put that episode out completely the first time. Oh. And then the second one, it may have may have perhaps gotten cut or something like that. So <laughs> Megatron, this is for you. Future John cuts whatever the fuck he wants. Future John needs to make sure that he keeps a surprise shot segment because that's what keeps people going. Oh, that's why everyone's here. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Maybe we should rename this podcast to Surprise Shots. I'm here for it. And it'd just be an hour of us taking shots. <laughs> and then going to the emergency <laughs> <room>. <laughs> Oh, God, fuck no. What the fuck? I ain't drinking this shit. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, fuck, why? I just don't understand why he has such a hard time taking shots. What was that? Moonshine? That's nine. That was real moonshine as well. From, from our that, friend. That yeah. is real moonshine. That's what real moonshine tastes that like. Was good. That was good. You're real fucking moonshine. tearing up. That's I'm what. Not tearing yes, up. you are. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Talk Murder Me podcast. Hope you guys have listened to the first part of this. Yeah, left us on quite the cliffhanger. So we're like, let's let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So where did I stop? After they slipped on ice and they both fell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell me what happened. I think the trigger. What the fuck me. was that? Oh my god! That was the moonshine. That was hard. That was not fun going back up. Um. So I think the trigger like went off, but I think the the movement of falling had it miss Mrs. Head. What do you think, Jen? I think that they fell simultaneously, so nothing happened, or they both died. I think his head got blown off. Well, you're the one that <laughs> actually knows what happened. <laughs> All right. So last time we stopped on the slipping of the ice i you know it just so happened to uh have a stop there but i'm gonna show you the video of the the ice and what happened so oh there's a video of it should i say trigger warning oh oh that's a good title no i like that title <laughs> that's a good title yeah it is uh all right so here we go he's going to take this officer's handcuffs you're gonna see that and then he'll slip oh yep but then tony goes down with him you see the cop draw on his gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. If Tony would not have went down like that with him, followed him down, that gun would have went off. But it did not. <laughs> so I win. <laughs> Jen was correct. The one cop pulls his gun and the other one, tell the senior officer tells him to put it down. They thought that was it right there. <laughs> Dick trips on some ice. He falls down. Luckily, Tony goes down with him for the simple reason that if he didn't follow him down, that's why he saw Tony on his knees like that. That gun would have went off. That was a very tense situation. Right. But it very didn't tense. seem to last long, though. Like tense. Yes, but yeah. it didn't last long. It was just kind of like he he knew what movement he needed to make. I'm sure to the hostage, it seemed like 10 years. Well, yeah, but it was only 10 seconds. But, but yeah, my theory is that he 
doesn't really want to kill him. But yeah, all right. So even if he doesn't really want to kill him, that doesn't mean that he's not going to die. You know, no. he, he may not want to kill him, but he's still got a shotgun wire to his neck. Right. But if he really wanted to kill him, I mean, at this point, everyone is so aware like of the kinda, situation. He would have just let it happen. I feel like you're kind of rooting for him, which is fine. A lot of people rooting do Rooting for that. who? Tony. No, I'm not rooting for Tony. I'm just saying I don't think that he actually wanted to kill this man. And I'm not saying it's good that he put a shotgun around his neck because it's not because of the way that he rigged it all up. It's pretty sinister. But I'm just saying I don't think that he actually intended to kill this man. Right now, they just slipped. They both got up. Luckily, the gun did not go off. So right next to them is that cop car. Tony pushes Dick Hall towards the the front door and Tony's got to get in first. But before that, the camera that's recording it pans away and there's there's a loud a loud bang. Oh no. <laughs> Enough with the cliffhangers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, this is better just to show you the uh, archive footage. I like policemen. I never seen a, a bunch of dumbest, whatever he said, you know, a group of dumbest people in my life, but I like policemen. Start acting like you know something, you know? So yeah, he may be right. He's He may not want to kill him. Tony's taking the handcuffs off of this officer. And you see the loud bang was a, a gawker crashing his car right into a uh, pole. Mm. So another uh, loud bang there. This is the uh, picture of the gawker. Oh, dang. Harry oh. Queen. Yeah. Oh, man. That's good product placement. <laughs> <laughs> This is how crazy this is, right? Like rubbernecker. He, this guy crashes right into the pole because it's just all crazy, man. Oh my god. Anyway, moving on. They do successfully get into the car, and at this point, I, I have to kind of give the story away for good purposes, okay? But we are reading from a certain book, and Nicole's gonna be reading from that. But there's only one way that we can read from it is if I tell you kind of where we're going with this. The story that we're reading tonight, the book, is Caritzus and Me. This is from Dick Hall. Oh, dang. 63 hours of being hostage. This is his words. So I know it's kind of giving things away because, you know, okay, well, did he survive? This is in his own words. And I want to put those words in this episode because I want to show you how scared he was, how terrifying it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think? I am okay 63 with that. hours. 63 hours at gunpoint. Wow. So this book, it just came out not too long ago. It's got uh, some great pictures and everything in it. And it's after 40 years, he finally tells a story exactly what it was like. And this book is relatively new, I'm pretty sure. And it's like the first time ever, 2017. He's avoided reporters for that long. And literally, whatever, 40 years later, he finally tells exactly what happened. And that's the reason I want to bring this in right now, because I want us to actually read his own words. 63 hours was the total he spent as being a hostage. So that's what Nicole's going to be reading tonight. It is actually from Dick Hall, the, the guy, and he's telling his story. So at this point they just got into the car successfully and he still got the gun to his head. And if you want to read this, this is his own words. Tony told me to start driving west on Washington Street and to keep the lights flashing. Then I said, Tony, let's turn on the siren. I'd never ridden, ridden in a police car with a siren and I had a great desire to turn it on. Oddly, I remember thinking I've always wanted to drive a police car 
car and this may be my last chance. I kept flipping switches and he commanded, don't turn it on. I told him it would be safer for us to drive with the siren on, but I couldn't find the switch. To this day, I don't know how to turn on a siren in a police car. Mm. So he wrote this 2017. This is 40 years later. I mean, I don't, I'm not good at math. I guess 40 years later. Mm -hmm. But so this is the first time he's spoken out. Right now we're at 9.30 a.m. The appointment was at 8.15 and it feels like a lot has happened. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, since then, right? You had the the fall, you had the 911 call. We're only an hour and a half into this. Um, 63 hours. 9.30 a.m. They actually get into the car and they start driving. At this point, Dick Hall, still a hostage, he's driving, doesn't know where he's driving to and he starts to get really worried at this point because he knows how pissed off Tony is and that he has a brother in the country there in Indiana in Brown County and he is so worried that Tony is about to take him there and and torture him and kill him and all kinds of stuff. He has no idea what's going to happen. They drive about eight miles and they pull into an apartment building. This apartment is called the Crestwood Village. So this is the sign here, the Crestwood Village. It's a community one bedroom studio apartment building. Mm -hmm. So who's do you think this is? Tony's. Why would they go to this random apartment? Um, because the assailant knows the not the assailant the the guy knows the layout of the apartment. Yeah. So Tony actually lives in apartment C dash three oh eight in Crestwood Village. It's a very small apartment. Now when they pull up, Tony demands that Dick park on the grass and not in a in a parking spot. Why do you think that is? Um, because he doesn't want him to have be in the apartment space that is assigned to his apartment. Because he would get a ticket. Because <laughs> I don't want the police to know it's them? No. Well, the police are pretty much right behind him. He didn't want him to slip and fall again. Oh. <laughs> so he's thinking about all this stuff. Anyway, this is the apartment layout. It's really small. Mm-hmm. There is a balcony, living room, dining, bedroom, and then a very small bathroom. This balcony here is where snipers are going to be posted up across the across the street at the another apartment. They're going to have direct access into to, to shoot Tony. That's what they're looking at now. So that is the apartment layout, very small. There's a couple of things here with this apartment that Dick has to tell the officers through the cracked door. Okay, number one, the apartment is completely rigged up with explosives. They're not sophisticated. They're basically two large jugs of nitroglycerin. Mm-hmm. They are at a point, they're open. They are tied to a string and below said string is a lit candle. Very rudimentary. All that has to happen is that string to get tugged and that whole place would go, would completely blow. Mm. Tony the whole time kept telling Dick something to the effect of, you're real lucky that I'm your hostage taker because I got a real steady hand, Mm. obviously from the fall and everything else. He would hold out his trigger finger and say, see how steady my hand is? And I would agree with him. You've got a real steady hand, Tony. Put yourself in this situation. And I can talk a little bit about Dick in a little bit. He's a Navy guy. He was a a all-star football player. And out of his brothers, he's got two older brothers, he was the the calmest, which is the reason Tony picked him. Because Tony doesn't want him to get blown up. Right. Because then if if you said Tony doesn't want him to die, if this guy dies, Tony dies. Yeah. He's going to get shot a hundred shots, you know, or whatever. But Dick Hall is the, the calmest of all three. So he is the perfect one to take hostage. So inside the apartment, they start listening to the, the radio station, WIBC station. And that station is actually posted up in a neighboring apartment. Now, this is another first for American history. 
history and I believe world history. You have reporters, uh, one specific reporter from WIBC that is leading this entire event. Tony is in there listening to the radio station and he will only talk to the head reporter. So he's not talking to police. He's negotiating through a journalist. Mm. That's a first in history. And not only that, there's some ethic concerns. As a journalist, is it okay to give this guy, this madman, this national spotlight? Is is this okay? As you'll see from the communication between Tony and this guy, th- this uh, news news guy named Fred Heckman, quote, the most trusted news broadcaster in Indiana. He gives this masterful kind of way of, of swaying the conversation without, uh, without like giving too much. Anyway, this whole story from this book, at least, and pretty much how everyone sees it is told from the media point of view. That one media station has everything going on. The police are basically not involved at this point. They are. They're posted up everywhere. But the media, this one station is is leading this entire thing. Should the, this madman be given national television coverage? If you think, yes, that it will save the man's life if we give him this coverage that he wants to rant about how he was wronged, it will save this man's life. No, if we don't do it, we decide not to. We would not be setting a precedent for other people who have also been wronged, you know, because if we let this guy do this and get away with it, other people who have also been wronged or have some grievances may do the same thing. Does that make sense? Right. So it's kind of like this philosophy, like, what do we do? Is it, should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we just cut it off completely? You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, we don't want to give, give other people this same idea. Does that make sense? Right. So I don't know. What do you guys think? It's a, it's a hard choice to make because it, it's news, but if it's if it's the coverage that the guy what he, he's getting what he wants and would lead to a precedent for other people to um you know do this and look for media coverage anyway they get it. But if you don't, then putting the other person's life at risk if that's if if media coverage is tied to the guy living or dying. Yeah, you have to pick what your values are. And plus, not only that, you'll see that he cusses like a sailor, and at that time in 1977, that's just not okay to put on television. Mm-hmm. They didn't have all. a five second delay. No, no, it, this was live. I mean, yeah, they may have had a five second delay. So what she's talking about is, you know, they delay it five seconds and then there's a guy in the studio that can press a button and it kind of bleeps it out. But as you'll or see- Or they could cut it in case something did right. happen. Yeah. But as you'll see, this guy is cussing so much, it would be almost impossible to beep, 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 beep kind of mm. thing. I mean- As I wrote in 2011 for the Indiana Historical Society, in a bizarre through the looking glass twist, the besieged media played the event into the life of Kerstis himself. How do you pronounce his name? Kerstis. Kerstis. Thank you. Uh, he listened continuously to WIBC's expansive coverage. His moves and those of the negotiators, the behavioral control expert, and the police were fed live into the highly charged scene. It was life in a high-stakes drama being looped back onto itself. What do you guys think? Pretty crazy, eh? yeah. Yeah. So here's the Fred Heckman. He is the, the basically the negotiator. He is just a journalist. He is a one of those live TV reporters for the news. But he becomes the man, the only man that he wants to talk to, wow. to send the demands through. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So here you go. Gary, back in the newsroom, uh, shortly around 6.20, I received a call from an operator of the Indiana Bell Telephone Company. She said, uh, Mr. Tony Karitzis had been trying to get into the newsroom. He has a lot he wants to say. I've been an angry man for 44 years. Nobody has had the adversity that I've had. But in spite of that, and without arrogance, and without putting my friends down, and without being egotistical, I am the strongest man mentally that I know. 
Now, let me tell you something. I'm going to walk out of here a free man. They're not going to book me. They're not going to mug me. They're not going to print me. And they're not going to take me to the psychiatrist because I don't need one. Well, right there, he made demands. Did you catch all the demands? Mm-hmm. What he was going to walk. Wasn't going to go to a psychiatrist. No one's going to shoot me. There are three demands that he made. And that uh, they're not going to book me. They're not going to book me. That's gonna, one of the demands. They're not going to shoot me. Mug me. Mug me. Or take me to a psychiatrist. Yeah. The three demands that would come out, they're not going to arrest me. I'm going to be free. Basically, he's asking for immunity. So let's see if he gets it. He's saying, Okay, they're not gonna they're gonna give me immunity. I'm gonna get an apology, public apology from the Hall family for wronging me. And number three, they're not gonna put me in a psychiatrist treatments. I'm not taking any pills or whatever. This is how you should handle a hostage in any situation. You never want to agree with them when it comes to things like killing a man or whatever. And this is this is masterful how he handled it. So watch this. And we're gonna take your wife, and we're gonna take your children, and then they're gonna laugh at you. Would you be ready to kill Heckman? Be awfully mad, sir. Would you be ready to kill Heckman? I don't know whether I'd be ready to kill, but I'd... You see how he says, I'd be awfully mad, sir. You know, he doesn't say, yeah, I'd kill him or whatever. He's just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he's like aligning himself without. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because that's a hard question to answer on the spot. I think that was pretty impressive how he did that. The FBI sent in their top behavioral profiler. And this is before that word even existed. They were just starting this program and they had this guy named Patrick Mullany and he was an expert. So he goes in there and he coaches Fred Heck. And he even coaches, you'll see Karitzis makes a call to Dick Hall's wife. They're coaching the wife on what to say, things like that, because they don't want to set this guy off because it is really apparent that this guy could be set off really quick. Right. I mean, he is he is just a ticking time bomb. So they bring in this FBI agent and he says, according to to all his research, this is what's going to happen as Tony becomes more tired and sleep deprived and hungry and the more he feels threatened the more dangerous this can get okay the more chances Mm -hmm. are that this is going to end in bloodshed so we have to you know offer him food and and stuff like that to keep to keep this thing kind of stable he told the media to start using the word quote optimism when they're talking to to this guy fred heckman he's using the word optimism so this fbi agent says i want you to to make this situation seem hopeful just start using the word optimism so as you'll see like he starts using this and oh yeah I'm optimistic that this is going to work itself out and everyone's going to be happy and then it, you can see Tony's mood changing you know for the better he's actually warming up to this idea of you know this is going to end end way better than I thought it was kind of thing this is crazy how it is inside the apartment there's a couple things the first thing is he makes Dick Hall sit on on the couch now he unwires him at this point and he puts a, a big block on him I'm going to show you in a minute but he basically tells him he's going to go to trial. Dick, we're going to have a little trial here. And I'm going to be the prosecutor, the judge, and the jury. You're going to have to answer all these questions, and I'm going to convict you. So he has all these flashcards, and he's written or he's ranted on all of these about how he's been wronged and everything else. One of the flashcards says something to the effect of, you were showing clients other properties, not just mine. So as far as like to sell the property, which is what you do. If you're a real estate 
estate agent, you just don't show them one house. But right. he thinks that since he signed this mortgage, they should be exclusively working for him, which is not how it works. No. You see what I'm saying? He's got a very skewed sense of, of what is right and wrong here. Agree. So no. they show it, they're showing clients other properties, trying to get the best fit for them. And he was angry by that. Hmm. So little things like that, he, he's got a skewed kind of perception of how things should be, right? Yeah, right. Then he says, I wanted to kill you when I signed the mortgage, which means he started out thinking that it was he was going to be screwed over and something like this could happen in the first place. Was this the first time that he made a large land purchase? Yeah, but it wasn't the first time he's taken someone hostage, mm. as they'll later find out. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like he may have a problem. Yeah. yeah. But it bothered Tony tremendously. I think he had the idea that since he had borrowed money from us, we had to do everything we could to help him develop his property. He threatened me from time to time. You know, Dick, he said, your death's going to be quick. Mine is going to be slow. I'm going to be riddled with bullets and we're going to get rid of you right quick. He said that more than once. Mm. Put yourself in the mind of what this guy's going through. So at this point, he does have the, the shotgun off of his neck. He untied him and chained him to chained him to this. This is a huge just block. Wow. He padlocked him to this big block and shoved him in the bathroom. The bathroom is also wired with explosives, nitroglycerin, and everything seems to be a big t uh, ticking time bomb. If a sniper was to shoot into the window, it would have most definitely hit one of those nitroglycerin jugs. So right. they were basically powerless at this point. Over the, the next three days, they start forming some kind of weird bond, right? This is a, like a Stockholm syndrome kind yeah. of thing. Hmm. So <laughs> like like they do. But best friends, how'd you guys meet? Well, one day he walked into my office and kind of wired a gun around my neck and we've been best friends ever since. Tony had called many people, including his own half brother, George. And he said, quote, I've really done it this time. He also called Dick's wife. For this phone call, Tony listened in through the earpiece. I told Ibby that I loved her and the kids and to be sure to tell the kids I love them. Then I said I believed that deep down Tony had a good heart. He just exploded when I said that. He grabbed the phone and sh and yelled, that's not true. I have a black heart. Ooh. And then he shouted, your husband screwed me over. I remember her response very clearly. Well, maybe he did, she said. My heart sank. I thought, mm. oh my golly, she's encouraging Tony by agreeing that I worked with him over, that I worked him over. I didn't know at the time that the police were right beside her in the kitchen of our house, monitoring the conversation and coaching her what to say. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's kind of like you're, the, the point is to try to get him people you want to agree somebody with to them. agree with like yeah. okay maybe maybe you were wronged in some way but this isn't the right way to, right. to handle it mm -hmm. or we can get exactly. out of this a different way so tony didn't have a family uh, yeah he has brothers he didn't have a wife he's never been married he's a sober man as he'll say plenty of times and that's about it so and his well his family has also kind of screwed him over if you will with with some land i didn't really get into it but uh not land it was like a i think uh like their families have or their mom and pop died and then the house and stuff. Oh, so yeah. like inheritance stuff. Inheritance, yeah, yeah. So basically the theme is he just thinks the world is out to get him. Out to get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I feel you, bro. <sighs> 
So it's not the right way to live. It's not. The first day, obviously hectic. They get into the apartment. They He puts them on trial and then he throws them in the bathroom, lock, chains them to the floor and says, you know, go to sleep. And he would stay in that bathroom for 25 hours. I, I'm confused. Once he was in Tony's apartment, he took the wire off of his neck. But like but chained they, him to the yeah. block. But they still had the nitroglycerin and everything. So he was in the bathroom. So he at least he's in the bathroom. Okay. I'm just summarizing. As he slipped the plate under the door, he said, Dick, eat up off the plate like a the goddamn dog that you are. And then he ranted about what kind of dog I was. I don't know what prompted him to say that, but I don't remember objecting. It was humiliating. But I did eat that food and it tasted pretty good. Up to that time, I never really appreciated hard salami. It seems odd, but from that day on, I really have enjoyed it. And, and looking at the photos and the videos, he is extremely calm for a guy to have a shotgun wired around his neck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could not have picked a better hostage. Anyone else would have flipped out and yeah. been, sh- been killed. So Tony slides some salami under the door and just like a dog, he eats it off the floor just like that. And he said he likes it. Luna heard the word salami and she's yeah. like, we, we have this neck. <laughs> Day two. This is 25 hours later at 3 p.m. He finally brings Dick out of the bathroom and he notices all the snipers across. Here's some of the sniper right, right here. You see how they're kind of hanging out the window. Hanging out the window, but yeah. ultimately they can't do anything. Stockholm Syndrome starts to uh, to set in. Tony is talking about his life and he talks about his mother who has, who has died recently and mm-hmm. he's really upset about that. He has a love and hate relationship with her and that's the first time that he has openly cried at this point. So he's now crying in front of his hostage. Isn't that crazy? It's kind yeah, of, it's yeah. kind of, they're bonding. I don't know whether I would say that we were talking like intimate friends on many of these occasions during those 63 hours, but a lot of our conversations were normal. And I definitely was pulling for him to get out of that situation. There's no question about that. One of my sons recently told me that he had the sense that Tony didn't really dislike me. And I think in a way that was true. I was just a pawn in his plan. I never thought it was his purpose to blow my head off, but the whole setup was such that I knew it could happen at any time. Mm. Now, I will tell you through these three days of being in the apartment, Tony did get violent because he was upset. He did pistol whip Dick a lot when he said something he didn't like. But luckily, the FBI interrogator was there and things kept rolling in a good direction. Tony wanted three things. He wanted immunity, which was a lot to grant. You are granting a terrorist immunity. Mm. In fact, the federal prosecutor of the United States at the time said, no, we're not. I was going to say, I don't think you. uh, that's not something I think you can give into. Yeah, we're not going to negotiate with terrorists. But he didn't know that. A public apology is what he also wanted. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. And no psychiatric treatments. So that's his demands. Those are pretty impossible demands. Maybe number two he could get. Right. Well, immunity was given. Really? (sighs) Okay. Yeah. The state prosecutor, and this was signed off, documented, and even recorded via telephone. And Fred Heckman put this on his station as well, that immunity would be granted. Hmm. That's a big thing. That's a big turning point. Because at this point, now he can walk away from this Mm -hmm. completely. Right. It's a way out. They granted him immunity, signed off on it, and approved it. Is there a loophole to that? Like, any? could there be related charges that they could... Full immunity. Wow. I mean... That's what they offered. That's hard. What do you think? I mean, I'm conflicted. So, to spare a life, you know, if if that's something you need to do to in order to... I mean, I guess you're sparing two lives, mm-hmm. but really, like, you kind of only care about one. Um, The, the hostage... 
I mean, I would try to, to say like, we're going to talk like we're going to talk about this. And I would probably would really try not to commit to that. But it was committed. Mm. So, yeah. I, so, don't know how, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't know. know. Well, that's uh, a lot of people are like that because he, it, the situation is this. You grant him immunity and it sets this this, this bad uh, precedent. precedent for other people. I mean, what if they if they were to say something like I can only do that if if this guy walks away unharmed. Right. And it's hard to, you know, what if something similar happened the next week in, you know, yeah. in the same town? It's like, well, you gave Tony, you know, kids, kids, whatever, his immunity. Why can't I get immunity? Yep. They did grant him immunity. Hmm. So things after that turned around real quick. The immunity was granted. The public apology was set and no psych treatment. All right. Well, yeah, after the first one, I guess you can be like, yeah, okay, don't see a shrink. That's right. Fine. Where are we at now? This is day two, day three. And now he just got to go and release the hostage, but he's going to do it in front of the media. And I kind of wanted to watch a little bit of the media coverage because it really shows this guy's personality. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to really understand this guy unless you see him talking about it. This is crazy. But here is the uh, the press conference. So he walks Tony back down to the the conference room. That's where you saw Ooh, the an apartment has a conference that's, room. That's where you saw the Pulitzer Prize photo? winning photo. That was in the that uh, you know that room. Mm-hmm. So, so he takes him out of the apartment, put hooks up the, the the line and everything. Exactly. So here he is right here. So Fred, Mr. Heckman, this that's the news guy. Yeah, yeah. So one thing Tony had ranted, written all this stuff, and he was this is the apology. He was going to basically have his hostage read all this. So that's the paper he has in his hand right now. So who wrote this apology? Did Tony, Tony? Tony wrote it. I will say in the book, I don't know if I marked it where you read, but he did not want to read the apology because he said it was full of lies. Yep. Okay, read it. February 10th, 1977. He's like pulling the thing yeah. awfully tight. I really like his sideburns. Oh my, dude, if it if we would have done this story a couple months ago, I would have huh? dressed up as him for Halloween. Oh, I could have wow. I could have wired the like a gun up to your dude, this would be a perfect costume, mm. wouldn't it? This statement is being made to try and state the items that Mr. Kuritsis alludes to as being the illegal Hold it. I want this goddamn thing understood. I'll read it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And he talks about this. Like, he didn't want to read it because it was just lies. He talks about this in his book. And then that's why Tony rips it out because he wasn't reading it with passion. Oh, I thought he was because of people were talking in the yeah. background. No, he no. Was getting annoyed. No, Tony, he's an he's emotional guy. He wants someone to read it with the fervor, with the conviction. These guys fuck me over. That's how he wants them to read it because that's how he is. Right. But the guy, the hostage is just like February, you know, 8th or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a drink, pal. Give me a drink. <laughs> he's very friendly, but he's just. I don't think he's friendly at all. <laughs> oh, I had six drinks in 1976, and I haven't had any this year. <laughs> and I don't miss them a fucking bit. We, the whole group, will use our best efforts to secure same if there is a proven interest. Number two, Eisner Roscoe, by the way was my tenant. This possible lessee was very interested in the Caritza site. We also showed them we also showed them other sites. It is our understanding that Marsh built on another site which we had nothing to do with. 
That's because they couldn't steal them. So he's talking about that Marsh supermarket. They offered Tony $500,000. But he was mad that he w- that the Hall he, Group he, was, sh- was showing other potential Yeah, that's what you're lessees. supposed to do. You're a freaking real estate company. Well, because, well, I think that uh, if, now c- correct me if I'm wrong. So, so Tony owned the site and because he was defaulting on his mortgage, they were showing other people that were interested in buying potentially the site. They were doing that though before he even defaulted. Right. Like, hey, there's this property available but that's what you do yeah yeah that's like how how it works like that's the whole fucking game man all right if i put my house up for sale and i i go through a real estate agent just like everyone Mm -hmm. right and then i go to their office i'm like hey you know what are you doing today talk to a real estate agent i'm I'm showing a client uh this house down on isla palms and then i flip out like what why don't why are you showing them another house you only have to show them my house everyone gets shown my house it doesn't make sense right because not everyone's looking for that particular kind of house right. exactly it's just weird but his his but thing, he does, so he was or wasn't interested in selling his property he wasn't he did he turned down the offer for 500 he Tony turned it down uh-huh. thinking that if he made this agreement to get the 500,000 that they would just take it all but that's not how it works they would take what they're owed that's mm-hmm. how it works right and then he would keep the rest right it's, he don't get it he doesn't get it <laughs> I will say at this point, he gets real, he starts talking emotional and everyone's worried that he's becoming suicidal. Mm. However, what they didn't know and what only Tony knew is he was waiting. That's why this press conference takes so long. He was waiting until the, the official paper came back that he has immunity. But you'll see him get real emotional and tell people he loves them. It, it's just really weird. Billy is another damn good placement right there. Nice fella. Nice young man. Work with him. Where's Jimmy? He's coming to him. He's coming to him. Come here, Come here, baby. Come on. Isn't that weird? Like everyone's trying to reassure him. That's okay, man. They are too close. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He's a fucking maniac, bro. <laughs> He's like shouting people out. <laughs> Yeah. He's smiling. Like, this is like his Academy Award winning speech. Yeah. He's, he's like thanking everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so the state granted him immunity. So that's what he's waiting on is to get the immunity paper. I mean, he's calling out every single yeah. person he ever knew. <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> yes. Like someone cue the music to turn him off, man. Oh, God. He had it coming. <laughs> Look, he's crying. Oh, my God. That hand's getting shaky. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. We can only laugh now that we know that he, the guy's alive. Right. <laughs> the attorney got the paper signed, and he was granted full immunity. Hmm. What do you guys think of that? So what happens right after he was granted that? Like, then he just takes everything off? Well, here's the thing. The Let, let me read uh, this ending. It says, uh, then all the volatility, emotion, and rage seemed to leave Tony a surreal exultation. He had had his say, his moment in the lights. Quickly, he released Richard Hall, who was immediately surrounded by authorities. Caristus was taken out 
the lobby into an anteroom and eventually into custody. His promised freedom for releasing Hall alive had been a deception, part of the high-risk gamble and strategy to end the hostage crisis without bloodshed. Mulaney's groundbreaking negotiation and manipulation had worked. That's a lot of people have problems with that. Can you do that? Is that what do you guys think about that? They promised him immunity. They got the state district attorney to sign off on it, and then he reneged on his agreement Mm. completely. Just nope, no immunity. I I feel like that is a no no. I mean, I would have like I would have said maybe I would have maybe omitted instead of what he what they what it sounds like they did and said we can give you immunity for blah 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 blah, but not left out but left out that he can be charged for. They offered him two other things. No, they offered him full immunity. It Mm. was signed. It was so he had an attorney. He has an attorney that had got him full immunity. They signed off. You are fully a free man. You have complete immunity after this and no stipulations. I mean, how would a a judge not see that and say like, you got to, I would think you would have to throw that out. Yeah. Those charges out, given the fact that it was an agreed, like agreed to, I, I, they, they worked themselves into a bind there. So what happened? Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, they lied. Mm. They, they lied. They signed a, a immunity. They signed it with their left hand, maybe, or their right hand if they're left-handed. Like listen, they're with their fingers crossed yeah. behind their back. Listen, dude. Like, what the hell? A lot of people have problems with this. I do, too. You, I mean, but it's that situation. You don't negotiate with terrorists, but you got to save this man's life. What do you do? Can you really give him immunity? Mm. Well, that was the thing. I was, like, having a hard time with that. Well, that's but the- I have an even harder <laughs> time with the whole, like, you were granted immunity, signed off. Full immunity. Full stop. Full immunity. Full everything. And then to be like, all right, thanks. never mind. Peace. All right, let's let's get some cuffs on this dude. Yeah. Full immunity. But <laughs> I still don't know what what I I think about that. I. I mean, because how can you trust anything that is going go. to be put forward? This case is like a uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if he gets immunity, then other people will be like, well, fuck, I can do that. Right. You know, I'll just ask for immunity. But now in a, anyone in that situation, if they are also go down the path of, OK, great, we'll give you full immunity. How is that person then going to be like, well, wait a minute. You how told I, this one dude yeah. full immunity and then you turn and turn right back around. And how said, do no. I know that you mean it? That's why you got to ask for a, a bus and a Chinook helicopter like on Swordfish. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, guess what? I'm going to get to ride in a Chinook in next week. Cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is really cool. You going to jump out of it? How are you getting to ride in a Chinook? Because they're having a... Um, a, a you know, those things are notorious for crashing all the time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've jumped out of those before. My, You know, my dad was a Chinook pilot. Mm. So anyway, what do you guys think, man? Like, he, he was granted immunity, but it was reneged. But they did kind of take it easy on him, sort of. He spent 11 years in custody but he was in that's not really taking it easy i'm not gonna lie to you he, he was in custody in a in a mental health facility so that was one of his other things that wasn't granted. yeah another thing that i'm not going to get into with this because it's gonna make too long but the trial they have to to find out how to twist this and i've i've we've done cases that use this but the defense was specifically designed for this he got only 11 years because at the time they deemed him 
him not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. But he's not insane. You see him. He's a regular. He's just a pissed off asshole. Well, he's definitely not educated on how things like the mortgage but, system works. But but the defense was used specifically with the the approval of the judges and the prosecutors and the defense. They used it as a loophole so he wouldn't spend the rest of his life in prison. They said he was insane for those 63 hours. It, it was just it's it's weird. Even though even though in his demands, he demanded not to see a psychiatrist because he didn't need one. He yeah. saw one for 11 years. Yeah. So he he was released in 1988. He died in 2005. Dick Hall also died this year. He died in May of Aww. this year. And I want to say if you read his book, I, I think it's a, an excellent book. I didn't get into a lot of it, but it talks about how after this, he, you know, he starts drinking. He becomes an alcoholic, which is the first in his family. Mm. So obviously the post-traumatic stress. Who Dick became an alcoholic? Yeah. He says uh, he was divorced. He says that wasn't the reason, but it kind of like seems like it, it played a role. It was. The book is excellent. It talks about his life and everything else. His own sons pushed him to write this book, mm. which is good they that they did because he died, you know, five years later. Right. And and this is the first time his story's been told. I mean, everyone knows the story, but they don't know what he was thinking. Right. So if you really want to Because if, he's very stoic yeah. in yeah. these photos and in like in that whole video, he like barely say anything. Yeah. And all he he's just moving his thumbs. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. But he was really scared. And at one point, uh Karitzis left a, a revolver on the uh a side table and he went through this thing in his head where, you know, I'm I'm uh I could grab it, I got the cuffs on, I could shoot him, I could kill him. But you no, know, is it lo- is this a test? Yeah. Well, you know, what if I pointed at him and it's not even loaded? Is this a test? Like mm. you it's it's great because he's a hostage and it puts you in that kind of like minute by minute, like what the fuck is do there I do? a video of them removing the device from his neck? Th- they go outside to remove it. I don't know if there's video or not, but they do go outside to I don't think there's video of that. Oh, after the <sighs> So he was immediately put in uh in the squad car and he was smiling and everything else. They he kind of knew they fucked him over. I think they fucked him over, man. I I'm not okay with that, dude. It was binding. I mean, <sighs> you know See, I mean, I don't I just uh, dude I don't I, like that they reneged on it. I wouldn't have off I wouldn't have honored that in the first place. Yeah, on, but on all terms. Yeah, but w- would you offer it? See, that's the thing. If you don't uh, dude, he was willing he was ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. Especially was if he, he had, though. I mean, Jen made a really good he, point though about like what did he really did he really want to do it? If you tell Tony, oh uh, sorry, we can't give you immunity, you gotta spend the rest of your life in prison. I wouldn't say that. What I would say Does he is, seem like a guy that would be okay with that? What I would say is, look, man, we can we cannot uh, give you f- immunity on X, Y, and Z. Um, this, you know, this particular something, you know, I th- we might need to have a conversation uh, about it. No, no, no. The conversation is now, not when I take this off. Like, I know, but I would say, here's what I can do. Here's mm-hmm. what I can do. And yeah. I wouldn't say what I... What like, could you do, though? I would say, well, I'm not like, obviously, but making it up, I would say, here, I could probably wave you the, the charge on kidnap and attempted murder. We're talking about years. How many would, years? He's asking for like, how w- many years? I would say, dude, you can probably get a get away with uh No, he wanted you know, concrete answers. A year though. or something, you know, whatever it is. It, it, but I can't give you full if that's what, not what they intended. But he right. wanted concrete answers. He's the type of guy that needs I to know. know. Yes, they I've, shouldn't be able to, pro- like, if they were going to re- renege on that, 
I would say that whoever is prosecuting the case would have a hard time doing so because of what they promised and signed right. him. Like, right. how did they even have a case? If to, they offered him full immunity. Yeah, like, that's blowing my mind. Just to be like, oh, we, we didn't mean it? That's or, what like, happened. Like, I mean, unless, I, like, if the only other thing I could think of maybe is if he asked for full immunity for that example. But if, like, he was, but if he well, was so, charged for, like, stealing police equipment by taking those handcuffs or but the, right. damaging police whatever because he or stole the police car and did that but he's the type of guy that wants a yes or no like nothing or all i get it but they did he understood that he got fucked over in that aspect and then they they did kind of cater to it with the the whole mental mentally insane and you can see right here this is at the trial this is when he was granted uh to be mentally insane it was a loophole they used on purpose every Everyone knew that it was happening. They used it as a legal loophole so he wouldn't spend the rest of his life in prison. He's not of the right mind. Yeah. Agree. Agree. I don't know. Anyway, Martin, that was a fan. Dude, that case. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, I obviously wanted to drag out the suspense for another episode, but I wanted to put his words in it, too. So, but I hope you guys like that. I would uh, not have been able to make any joke if, I, if we didn't know the ending, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a scary situation, but yeah. that, that was for you, Martin. I really appreciate the request fantastic case if you like this uh be sure to support us at patreon.com slash talk murder and you can subscribe on any podcasting app talk murder to me if you if you want uh, additional true crime content check out our sister podcast among the dirt and trees and that's all i got for for this episode so until next time good night you lovely lovely people <laughs>